My name is Patrick Rice. I run Linkable Commerce, an SEO agency for e-commerce and Shopify stores. I, I think I'm supposed to say a third thing here. <laughs> I don't know. In today's episode, I'm going to sit down and talk to Patrick Rice, who is a 24-year-old business owner. He started his YouTube channel at 13, and now it has 5,000 subscribers, and his most popular video got over 3 million views. Now Patrick is a full-time SEO and link builder. We talked about the basics of link building, how it really works on the internet, and what are the dynamics that you have to do to build your website's authority. The links are really important, and links are really valuable. So some people call them like the currency of the internet. Patrick is also a very kind and down-to-earth marketer. His advice was to build in public because you never know who's going to find your content and become your lead and your next customer. So let's get into the video. Please tell us how you become an agency owner at 23 or even earlier. Yeah, I started, well, it depends on what you mean by agency. So I started freelancing at 18 and then it kind of just grew into an agency. So somewhere between 18 and 24, which I'm 24 now. All right. All right. So please tell us your story and uh, just tell us the amazing start. It's just a <laughs> cool story. Yeah. Thanks, Ani. I started really way back when I was like 13. I had a Minecraft YouTube channel. So it was like a video game YouTube channel. It actually had some success there because... We got about um, 3 million YouTube views over two years. I actually ended up introducing me to the SEO world um, because I was talking with a best friend's dad who owned an SEO agency here in Atlanta. He was pretty impressed by just like what I was doing and trying to do all this stuff, like had software. I was like trying to go on, like I was on Black Hat World. I was on different like forums and stuff that were real popular back in the day just seeing whatever I could do to promote my YouTube channel. So he was pretty much just like, hey, we'll come back to the office. It seems like you're doing some cool stuff. I'll interview you. And it kind of went from there because I spoke with him. Uh, he ended up teaching me all the fundamentals to SEO. Yeah, it was a great relationship. His name was Craig Lawson of Click Ready Marketing. So I have a lot indebted to him as well. Okay, so back to your Minecraft YouTube channel, like you mentioned that it was a little bit uh, not so positive on the comments section, like could you tell us Oh that? yeah, <laughs> yeah, so I was literally 13 at the time, and so I hadn't gone through puberty fully, <laughs> so it was like squeaky voice to, for days, and you can look this up, okay, my YouTube channel is Dr. Diamonds but it's spelled wrong. Okay. <laughs> There's no A. <laughs> and I have 5,000 subscribers. I don't know how I did it. I don't know why 5,000 people subscribed and I got 3 million views, mostly from like clickbait. <laughs> like I had really squeaky voice. So like people called me all kinds of names. I never cared because I just, I never really cared my entire life about that kind of stuff. Like there's something too about it being like internet comments that I was just like, this isn't real. And whenever they comment, it literally promoted my YouTube channel. Exactly. So the, so the fact that I had a squeaky voice got me more views because everyone was like, you know, what is wrong with your voice? <laughs> like this and that. Or, um, so it was actually a pretty beneficial thing um, looking back. Well, there's no such thing as bad PR, they say. Right. That they say, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so you build up a YouTube channel for three years, which is like 
really cool because um, I'm trying to encourage everyone to start their own projects and stuff and not wait for a job to start something. And you were 13, which is mind blowing because, you know, the most 13 year olds are like outside running and like doing dumb shit. And then here you are building a YouTube channel. Um, it's probably better to go outside and run. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but I was uh, with my best friend at the time and we both had channels. So at least mm -hmm. we were like, okay <laughs> that's awesome and uh, so you got interviewed so that gave you kind of like an opportunity to be interviewed to a CEO agency and how was the that job back then because you were still in high school then right yeah so the job was great because yeah having a personal project does help you get a job because it's very impressive to entrepreneurs like now i'm hiring for my agency and like if you have your own projects or anything like that like that's super impressive it's really good for hiring i was still very lucky because it was a friend's dad it's still very lucky that you know i had that engagement overall the job was really nice with the boss craig lawson he was great i learned a ton didn't micromanage me or anything so a lot of the times probably like 30% of the time I was just reading Backlinko and SEO articles. That's and, awesome. Um, and I really liked a lot of guru SEOs then, which now I realize most of that's not what you want to be reading. <laughs> okay. Almost yeah. none of it works, but now I know who's, who the real people are. But like, yeah, it was really good for me to just earn a ton and then implement that on client sites. Awesome. And uh, how long were you working for that SEO agency? What was the role like? What did you do? If you still remember. So you'd be surprised because I only worked for them for a year. Oh, a year. So, okay. A year. And then I went off on my own. Wow. So yeah, I've always been kind of a crazy entrepreneur. Just like, I don't know. I don't know why I did that. I could should have probably stayed longer, but yeah, so the job was great because I was doing keyword research, I was doing link building, I was doing pretty much like basic SEO, so like titles and metas. And if you're in the SEO world, you know this kind of stuff, essentially keyword research. And then I moved on. By the end of it, I was doing outreach-based link building. And that's actually where I split off from the agency because I split to do essentially well, I ended up being freelancing, but I wanted it to be my own company, really. I wanted it to be an agency, which is doing link building for other agencies. So like a white label link building service. And so I started with my boss and he was really great because he totally approved of it. And he was super nice and he was also an entrepreneur. So he was like, go for it, man. Then I also worked for him for the next, like probably six months to a year as a client relationship. It was all like outreach based. At that time, like white hat SEO stuff was really big and popular. So it was like white hat link building. I don't know. I'm not very proud of that time. I think that I, I really didn't have a great service. Like I had a good service for a couple people. And then I just didn't realize that you had to buy links most of the time. Okay. <laughs> it was very complicated because like I would try to get free links only and then, you know, doing like white hat link building. And then I would just like come up against a brick wall and I'd be like, okay, I can't build any more links. So then I pretty much had to buy links a lot of the time, which 
kind of to a lot of SEO people, they're kind of like, of course. Right. But, the- but I, I do want to take a break here because backlink building is something that in SEO, we use it a lot, but even beginner marketers might not be aware of what is link building. So if you could summarize it a little bit and why what is it that you pay exactly and what's the impact of that? But essentially, link building is just a link from one website to your website. So from another website to your website. Like if you have two websites and and an external website links to you or your client, that's a link. And that link's very valuable because Google takes it into account when ranking search results. Um, And so that goes all the way back to their page rank algorithm, what made them famous to begin with. So links are really important and links are really valuable. So some people call them like the currency of the internet because people are always buying them, always selling them, and there's always a market value on them. So when I say free links, I mean trying to essentially convince web owners, like website owners, to link to you for free for some sort of value proposition. Um, And I am good at this, and I was good at this at the time, um, but it's not scalable at all, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I found out. Because you can do that, um, but there is only very specific situations where it really makes sense. I won't go too in detail on that because you could do a whole course on like link building. That's what I started my company as. And so we were doing this link building stuff. If you can already probably start to connect the dots, maybe, is that it's really easy to just pay someone to link <laughs> from their website to you. Right. The, the, the How much does a link cost nowadays back to webmaster so like if you're going directly to somebody who owns a website i mean really like 30 to 250 dollars for one link for one link yeah yes everyone just just <laughs> highlighting 30 to 250 bucks <laughs> <laughs> and then when you get to like big websites like if it's like a you know forbes or something it's thousands of dollars And for a beginner, like they don't, they might not know what's the difference between like a website Forbes.com versus like your financial buddy.com, which is like (laughs) Joe's website.net. Yes. (laughs) So what are the differences between those two like very simple terms? There's the idea in SEO about authority, essentially like in a really dumbed down way, you can think about it as how popular a website is. For this case, like talking to beginners, really just how popular it is. So Forbes is really popular. So a link on it is going to be valued really highly. Your next door neighbor's website, you know, nobody goes to it. So it's not very valuable at all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And usually exchange then guest posts, which is the actual like content Mm -hmm. that has the link on, right? Yeah. So usually these take the form of uh, guest posts or link inserts. Guest posts are essentially just an article on their website that you post. Okay, okay. And uh, do they judge the price based on like what type of guest post you make? Like let's say if you if you write like a really nice guest post or like very well-researched content, would that change the price of the link? No, <laughs> typically not. What, what that does is that sometimes you can get them free. Kind of my bread and butter to begin with was trying to get them free as much as possible. So if you approach them, say like, personally, not with software, which you should do it with software typically. But if you do it like personalize hundred percent, then you can be like, Hey, my name is Thatcher Rice. You know, I've been doing SEO for six years. 
I'm going to write you the best SEO article you've ever seen. And you might get a link for free if you can actually produce that and you can actually provide uh, the best SEO article they've ever seen. That's cool. And my my biggest question, like with all these processes, like it takes a lot of time to like collect all those emails and kind of Mm -hmm. vet them, filter them, reply to them, negotiate. Like how do you manage to do that? And like how much, how many people do you need to do such And essentially you need two people because you need somebody to prospect and manage like who you're sending out to. And then you need someone to reply to all the emails. So if you're thinking about it on an org chart, you have an inbox manager and a prospector, That's pretty much all you need. And then you need me, which would be like the manager, which I'm actually looking at hiring out. We just got to take a quick break to mention that Patrick now is actively hiring for aspiring CMOs, marketers, digital marketers. And if you go down to the show notes, you can hit apply on the link and hopefully you'll get the chance to be interviewed by Patrick or even work for his agency. Which is a hard role to do because you need to know copywriting for the emails. You need to know angles. You need to know value propositions. If you're just buying links, you don't need to know all that because you can just create a database. It's pretty cool because now that you mentioned copywriting, ChatGPT did change a lot, change our industry a right. lot. And do you, how much do you use AI for all these emailing? So um, really not at all for emailing right now. Playing around with a solution for that. For example, I know Pitchbox is playing around with a solution for this. I use it for my clients for content stuff and I use it essentially personal projects. So like I have a lot of fun with it. I love AI stuff. Like I'm writing like a Python script that like goes between different AIs and I'm really excited about it. For link building, I don't think it's necessary until we get a really good down where it's personalizing the emails. Like if you ask ChatGPT to write an email, you're going to get variable results. So like sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. Okay. When when you personalize, like do you go deep down like, okay, your latest article was talking about this and then this is what I thought. XYZ, like that's how personalized it is. Cause I'm thinking like how I would, if I was to write like mass emails to like a bunch of, I don't know, piano teachers, right? Like I, I would just use <laughs> chat to uh, think about and brainstorm all the angles that piano che- teachers would say. But if you do like personalize, do you actually like go and research them, stalk them, and then. No, of- <laughs> you can do that if you have the time. Um, yeah right but and that works pretty well like you follow them on social media and all this stuff you pretty much just segment really down so like if it's piano teachers and then you say you know like hey rob read your article and then like you make link with anchor text your article link that so i read your article on eighth chords and then like eighth chords to his article and then continue um, and say like, whatever you want. I mean, loving it is a little bit cliche, but I loved it. But you I know, love something cliches, actually, I do love cliches. <laughs> I would be a sucker for that. Yeah. And that's a, a masterclass on link building. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. So how is your agency now? Like, uh, tell us as an organization as a whole, how hard it was to set it up. Did you find it challenging to find employees? Doing to go back to the story, like I was doing this link building stuff. And then I went on from that to, I eventually got referred this huge client and huge for me at the time. 
uh, which is still big is like $4,500 per month. You paid like a ton of money. Right. And uh, this ago. is where, this is That's... where things, <laughs> this is where things went wrong <laughs> Okay. because I was working for this client and the contract was for SEO consulting and link building. I knew my way around link building for the most part at this point, but I wasn't really an SEO professional. I probably thought I was because I've always been a little bit confident. Yeah, I know. Uh, I was not though, because this is very problematic because then going along, you know, my agency was making money and I decided to go to India for a month and I actually have my aunt married into an Indian family. Oh yeah, so you told I me have... about this. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I went there and you're, there's an ending to this, which is, which is, um, <laughs> Dramatic. <laughs> I was in Nepal and I was hiking the Himalayan mountains. I get an email from that big client paying me $4,500 per month saying, Hey, we're migrating the website in two weeks. Oh no. And <laughs> one, I've never done any website migrations. And so for the beginners, like a website migration is a lot of stuff is changing and you need to have a lot of experience to not have it go bad and it went back <laughs> so i was in nepal and i was like hiking um, it was very last minute and so then once i did get back reality i was i was like oh we have like two days to figure out this website migration and essentially we didn't have enough time so then like traffic went down 30 percent okay um, that's not the, that's not that bad I'm, i mean it could be worse could be worse. Yeah, it, it could be worse, but I lost the client. That was very sad. No, um, it was a good thing because, you know, I learned a ton from it. Oh, I'm glad, glad they're actually above what they used to be. So they got it all fixed with uh, another mentor of mine that taught me a ton. So I kind of spent a period of sort of being smaller and just kind of working with a few clients sort of like consultant style. And I was able to slowly build up to in more of an agency sort of thing where I just like, love, I was, the, love the way you say like the agency kind of sort of something well well I'm not I'm not a huge agency or anything like right now I'm trying to scale up but then now I'm sort of on an adventure of like trying to scale uh employees to try to manage more clients yeah because I have a few good employees but that's about it so I need to really figure out how to scale that uh, and manage, you know, like 20 clients. Okay. And uh, when it comes to clients, like, do you have any challenges finding new leads and entering them into clients or do is it like mostly referrals? So um, I get clients through social media, which is typically LinkedIn referrals or networking. So like find somewhere good in your local area. Like for me, I have like e-commerce Atlanta is a group I go to. I met a lot of agency owners, a lot of e-commerce stores there. And I work with a lot of e-commerce now. Other than that is cold outreach. So cold outreach can work pretty well too. I was originally a link builder. So I kind of take some of those skills to cold outreach. That's on LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever, email. Uh, cold outreach can work pretty well. You can get software to like scrape local businesses. You can get lists of like Shopify stores. There's like built with has like a 2.5 million Shopify stores you can pick up. And so doing cold outreach can work too, but don't expect any quick responses because it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time to figure out what 
copywriting and your value proposition is because figuring out your offer as a freelancer or agency owner, that's going to be one of the most important things. Uh, I think my first episode on this uh, podcast was also talking about like how to create offers and it's like mm-hmm. a lot of people some businesses don't know how to create offers because they're talking about what they do rather than what they give to the client at the end of the <clears throat> whatever service or product that they're selling and it, it is a, a skill like it's a sales skills to to form offers that 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 convert yeah. and sales is something you also have to really figure out I've had it fairly easy with sales. It's kind of always made more sense to me. Um, just getting comfortable on sales calls and understanding somewhat of the process. How would you onboard a client? And like, is there anything special that you think you've learned over the years and you wish you knew it earlier? Having like a set process is nice. Just from having a discovery call where you're questioning constantly. So this is something I didn't understand at first. You should have a call with them and just learn everything you can about their business. By that, I mean 50 to 400 questions. Question them. Um, <laughs> okay, it it's feels... an interrogation of, <laughs> yeah, of their yeah. business. And it's it's not actually like you have to make it you know smooth as well. Essentially question after question. What's the lifetime value of your client, of your average customer? Maybe they're like, I don't know. Well, you say they do roofing. They're like, typically, you know, two $2 per square feet. Well, what's the average uh, square feet of a roof you're working on, right? See how that's a question right after? 5,000. Well, that seems pretty, you know, a lot. Are you working on like commercial buildings? And they're like, yeah, we're working mostly with commercial. This just makes them feel like you really get their business Uh and you really care. It's like, hey, we're figuring out how to make you money on this call. It's not about me. It's not about my services. We're figuring out how to make you money and what your business really is. And so learning that helped a lot. And so then going from a discovery call to a proposal and essentially trying to get them to ask for some sort of proposal. What do you guys normally do? Like, how do we proceed? Well, we can um, schedule another call in a week to just go over. Once I see your website and I strategize a little bit, we can see what exactly we're going to do. And I'll propose sort of a strategy. And then on the proposal call, I usually just do a share my screen and I kind of go through the strategy. Can do a big proposal, which I've done. It's a lot of time and has the same success rate I've seen in terms of like doing long, like presentation slide sort of proposals. Cool. And uh, right now to this day, like uh, how much would a client pay you for, for your services? Is it like a standard fee or is it depends on the, the client? So it depends on the client, but yeah, anywhere from 2,500 to 4,500. Yeah. So you do reach that same big client that you lost in a pot. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> yeah. it's all cool. So that does feel good. And yeah, see, this is what I mean. It's all, it's all a hero's journey, you know, like you learn a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is not really SEO-ish agency-ish, but uh, I really do care for the listeners because they are all aspiring CMOs and they might be in college right now, but uh, I didn't hear your story that whether you went to university or anything. I did go to university and uh, I went for two years and then dropped out. I pretty much just did all my core classes. My, my stated major was philosophy, <laughs> which is not a good major. You should not, <laughs> you should not have a philosophy major. Uh, my business was doing good. So I was like, I want to do my business. That's amazing. A lot of people think like, well, I want to do my business and that they make money like this, but it's not how it works. 
there's, there's a lot of risk. There's a lot of stress. I mean, I think throughout my career, like I've thought about going to get a job. Um, I've always been confident I could get a job just because I felt like I had the skills. I don't know if you have like really, once you get past like five clients, like it starts to be pretty stressful where you're, where you have a lot of clients, you know, like something goes wrong, like a website migration and then all the, yeah, all the responsibilities on you. There's definitely pros and cons, but I mean, I love it. We're happy that I have my own company. I think a lot of people should do it if that's what you want. I was, like I said, I was kind of arrogant when I was younger. Now I realize there's so much I don't know. I'm reading marketing books and like the fundamentals are so important. What is the fundamentals for you? Because uh, there's so much out there when it comes to marketing and people tend to overthink it and overanalyze it. I think there's two parts, parts to that question because one, people do get paralyzed and that's a problem. But what is the fundamental? I would say human nature, psychology, and then influencing that. I don't want to say manipulation, but like a little bit influencing humans and, and grabbing their like natural biological, you know, instinct to get them to pay attention to whatever you want. And that's super abstract. That's why it's like the study of fundamental marketing can go on forever. Because who's your target audience? Like as an agency or as a freelancer, people call it your ideal customer profile. That question pretty much doesn't end. You have, you have to constantly drill down on like, who are you marketing your services to? And it's such a hard question, even though it's so simple. You should be having interviews with whoever your target. If it's roofers, you should have interviews for with roofers. You should call them. You should just be like, hey man, I'm, I'm not going to sell you anything. I just want to talk to you because I'm thinking about starting this service and I want to see if I can provide any value. Try to get into their brain and try to sympathize with them. So that's how I see the fundamentals of marketing, but you can also get paralyzed really easily. And so at the same time, like have to be kind of gun ho you kind of have to just do it. It's so cool. Cause, uh, the target audience question always comes back. Like I've been trying to study marketing for the past three years, I think at this point. And always the, the question of target audience comes back because sometimes I agree with this thing. Sometimes I don't like, like let's say uh, I sell, I don't know, vacuum cleaners. And then my ideal target audience is like moms who are in, in this <laughs> age who are a kid and uh, they stay home. <laughs> obviously they use a vacuum cleaner, right? Now you are not thinking about the grandparents who might be needing vacuum cleaner or like single dads that might be needing vacuum cleaner. That's why like the whole concept of target audience, like I'm trying to actually think like what it, what makes sense, trying mm -hmm. to think about what is the core problem? Like what the hell, why the hell do you need vacuum cleaner in the first place? That's, like that's that. a great question. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think you should, you should question it and think about, you know, why, like, does your product need a exact target audience? Cause yeah, oh. yeah, it's, it's a good thought. Cause a lot of things can work like in marketing is just about what works. So many things can work. So many things can't cause like the agency example, like if you're niching down, it's quite obvious you have a target audience, you know, like mm -hmm. if you are only selling to roofers, then the roofer is your target audience. And I have to, I mean, there might be like women roofers, there might be, you know, like whatever different age groups, but 
the typical personality type that's going to be a roofer, there's going to be, uh, but yeah, it's hard to say because I think you can, you should question all these things and that'll make you a better marketer. So yeah, this example is actually comes from my first year of, or second year of uni because we were just in like in some basics of marketing or something. And that was one of the requirements like, oh, just define this target audience based on this product. And I'm like, it, I think it was like cold latte, but it was based on the price and based on how it looked and whatever. I But man, like a 60-year-old grandpa can also drink this latte and not just this Gen <laughs> Z 20-year-old chick you know yeah yeah I, I madly disagreed with that but uh, you know you needed to get the grade anyway yeah, yeah. <laughs> no but yeah you, you shouldn't just get the grade though I disagree with your teachers I think that's fine I know I'm a, I'm a people pleaser it was like okay this is what you wanted but at the same time like I'm gonna do something different and uh, there's one question I always ask my um guest is that if you were to give an advice for someone who is studying digital marketing or they're just starting out their small business to market their stuff what would the advice be yeah so there's a lot of ways um, I could approach this there's been a lot of interesting answers because you could start your own personal project I think that's a wise answer you kind of I think you should probably start thinking about whether you want a job or you want to have an agency or be freelance because the job route is great. Like it's totally, I mean, you can get a hundred K a year or whatever and nice. So I wouldn't discount that, but with that, you'd probably want to get, you probably want to jump into a job pretty quick. Not, I don't think I could give really great advice for that. If <laughs> yeah. you want to start, if you want to start a digital marketing service or be freelance, I would say start a social media account ASAP and start, um, Gary V is so obnoxious, but start the like documenting, <laughs> documenting what you do and how you learn just cause you'll get clients from that. If you record YouTube videos or anything, and you're just like, Hey, I learned this thing about SEO. If you do that for two years, you'll probably get three to 20 leads or whatever it is. You'll get some leads and then you'll be like, Oh, this person will pay me $500 to do this. Oh, okay. Nice. This person will pay me $50 an hour, a hundred dollars an hour. And you're like, it just starts to get, get your toes in on freelancing and, and the digital marketing services industry. Yeah. So basically build in public and don't, a lot of people are scared to share their stuff because they are not expert yet. And they feel like they are on the not authentic. And yeah. It's hard. Like you need to be brave enough to, to put yourself out there like that. It is really hard. And cause like, I'm a little bit of a hypocrite. Cause I only started this like this year. That's why I'm giving this advice. And actually by this year, I mean like the last 12 months, maybe LinkedIn mostly. And uh, so nice. Cause I've gotten so many leads already from it. I do this sooner. I see. Uh, okay. Okay. I love that. So this is the thing that you wish you started earlier is to, to, yeah. To yeah. So that's probably the, the authentic answer is like, um, just start posting stuff sooner. Uh, don't worry if it's right. People will tell you if it's right. And I know that that's a hard thing to do. If, if you're wrong or you say something that's like kind of true, like people will, 
will fix you in the comments. And it's, it's embarrassing, but at the same time, you'll learn quicker and nobody remembers anything on social media. I mean, I would just post whatever while you're learning and people will tell you the right way to do it or the better way to do it. I mean, in the social media circles uh, and in SEO world, oh my God, after going to so many conferences, my my Facebook is flooded with SEO. It's terrible, <laughs> you know? right? It is horrible. <laughs> but not just SEO. It's but a like hellscape. Just... <laughs> I, like same for me. <laughs> same for me. I've been like, like uh, unfollowing like hundreds of people and stuff because it's just too much. Like I go on Twitter, I go on in LinkedIn or Facebook and it's just like Boom. SEO tactics. <laughs> oh man, Google Bart came out. Jesus, no, I, I threw out my phone. I was like, no, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do something else. I don't want to open my phone right now because uh, basically uh, what I wanted to say with the social media stuff is that a lot of people just want to get attention anyway. And it's, it's, they, they like to fix stuff so that they, they feel like they are right. But as we said, it, we do what works. And why wouldn't you share it with, if it worked for you? Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Just do what you learn. And um, even if that seems really small to you, like this is something I'm learning is like a lot of people don't know. Even if you feel like it's obvious, like there's a lot of people who don't know. And I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like sharing it, like you, it can't hurt to share it. And you might help like one person. So you can think of it that way too. Yes. Uh, when I started this podcast, I was like, okay, I don't care. Like, whether it's going to be too basic or too hard or whatever. At least help one person. At, at least one listener found it useful. Then I'm happy. Also, I'm, exactly. I'm finding it useful because it's my conversation. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it is cool. Yeah. <laughs> so at least two people. Exactly. No, really, because like if one person, it kind of like changes their career path. Like that's a huge change. You know, like even if it's one person, because you think about the impact, to what impact you have on that person. Like, oh, you know what? I'm going to, you know, like try to do some digital marketing stuff. And then they might become a digital marketer because of that. And that's a huge change, right? So yeah, yeah it's a cool yeah. thing you're doing. I like it. Awesome. Anything would like to say to aspiring CMOs? <laughs> aspiring CMOs. It was a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> okay. um, no, I don't have, I don't really have anything to sell you. Uh, I should have a course. Dang. <laughs> no, it, it, uh, it's a pleasure if I can help any. Uh, learn more about me. You can go to LinkedIn, Patrick Rice. You can go to my website, patrickriceco.com. Yeah, I'm starting a YouTube channel. So like next week, I'm publishing my first video. Oh my God, what's the name? Was Is this Patrick Rice too? Yeah, this is just Patrick Rice. All right. So I, I actually have a video on there as like a thousand internal linking. I haven't posted in forever. So I'm going to, I'm going to start doing that every week. <laughs> so that's awesome. Okay. So, so I'm going to link Patrick's social media handles in the show notes. And uh, thank you so much, Patrick, for joining us. Thank you, Ani. I appreciate it.